Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's gaming's biggest night, the third annual Cartridge Awards. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you doing on this third annual Cardies? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great. I'm so happy to be here. We're both in our tuxes. We are in our finery. We are putting on our best for NCS. The, and, and and we must, tonight is the night when gaming's biggest superstars come out to shine and grant us all uh, momentary invincibility. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to be hosting the Cardies with you again this year. Uh, it's uh, an honor to be uh, just even in, in, in the conversation with them. Absolutely. Um, before we get into anything else, Mark, my copy of Sonic Forces, people can borrow it if they want. All they got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. For the Nintendo Switch, uh, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in the box instead of Sonic Forces, but that's just that's like a fifty percent thing. Like uh, the rest of the time, Sonic Forces will be in there. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It's a perfect borrowing program. Um, Mark, are you ready to get into it and do the cartridge awards? Let's do it. All right, so every year, Mark, we uh, we you know we come up with a, a couple of categories uh, that we think shape the year. Sometimes it's uh, categories that shape like the entirety of Nintendo, um, and we've got some great categories this year. I'm very excited to discuss them with you, um, uh, Mark. Let's uh, wh- why don't you introduce the, the the first category? All right, our first category for 2022 is most accurate Zelda subtitle. So this is an interesting category, I think, because I think there are a lot of there are a lot of losers in, in this. <laughs> there category, are, yeah, right. Like a link to the past. Sorry, you don't make sense yep. as a subtitle for that game. Um, but so I, I came with three nominees, Mark, uh, and I, I'm I'm curious if we have much overlap here. Yeah, I'll be really curious too, because I came with three as well. And for me, my uh, take on this was almost like which ones were the most literal. Yes, yeah, because there are some. I, I think. I think neither of us have Breath of the Wild. Is that right? No, I don't have Breath okay. of the Wild on here. Breath of the Wild, very evocative, very poetic, and in its poetry, evokes the game. However, is it accurate? Is there how much breath is there in there? Look, there is a lot of wild, but but is that is that is the wild producing breath? I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I also went very literal on this. My f- here here are my three nominees. Okay, Twilight Princess. Spirit Tracks, and Ocarina of Time. Oh, very good. We actually only have one oh, overlap. Okay. I, I, I like Spirit Tracks a lot. Um, It wasn't one that immediately came to mind, but when you were saying it, it was like, oh, yeah, it is very literal. Yeah. There's train tracks. And you're accompanied by a ghost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Twilight Princess. Maybe I don't remember the plot of that one that well, but remind me why... Why is that one really good? So that one's really good because 
Midna is the Twilight Princess. <laughs> well, then there you go. <laughs> that that she, feels right. That she is the leader of the of the Twilight uh-huh. people. She is this like princess living in exile. Okay. Um, and you know she's one of those. Uh, and spoilers, too late for the end of Twilight Princess. Um, but like you know, you meet her as this like mischievous imp character, right? Um, and you know, in the role of like the Zelda ally, which is traditionally like an obnoxious character. Um, which Midna can be, um, but then she just reveals herself to be so much more. She's hiding in plain sight with you the whole time. Um, so yeah, that, that that's why I went with Twilight. Princess. Yeah, that's very good. So the one that we have in overlap is Ocarina of Time. S- seems like a gimme, right? It does. It does. Um, and like part of what's so good about it is like especially I sh- shouted out Link to the Past earlier as like a bad name, um, but like having there's like a time travely kind of thing hinted at being hinted at there. Um, but like there actually is time travel in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Link to the Past is kind of doing like a back to the future type thing where you're like, okay, you go with it, but when you actually think about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's trying to get back to the present. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then um but Ocarina of Time is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. It's exactly what's on the tin. But let me tell you my other two. Yeah. Uh Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. <laughs> It does what it says it's going to do. I love that. I love that as, <laughs> as a as Incredibly a yeah. accurate. Uh-huh. Um, and then my third one was Skyward Sword. Um, lots of sword being held skyward in this one. And again, my mind went totally like literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, so ne- neither of us went with Majora's Mask, which I did consider for a second. Yeah, I thought about that as well. I guess... Um, Something m- about it being named after what is effectively the villain that mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good pick, mm-hmm. um, but, but neither of us, it wasn't nominated. So yeah, so, but it wasn't just nominated. one of those years where like maybe the most deserving one wasn't nominated. <laughs> it just hey, it just happens. Politics. <laughs> yeah, what right? are you gonna do? Yeah, Skyward Sword was out there glad-handing people. <laughs> uh, I do. Is there? We played this game like a year ago, and I, I can't, now can't remember anything that happened in it. Does Link wield a sword called the Skyward Sword? No. Okay. So it's just about. I think I don't think so. I, don't I, I think they like tell you to like point hold the it skyward. skyward. Uh huh. And in the final battle with demise, right? You um, have to. You are like yeah. doing that, so you. Um. So yeah, like. I think. It's Ocarina of Time. I think it is just by the the sheer fact that we both nominated it. But I do think Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link is I, an incredibly that's, that's accurate it's, subtitle. It's very it, it is look, it is true, but also it's it's like a a sad tragic adventure, right? Like the, Zelda is asleep, the kingdom is in ruins. Every time you die, Ganon returns. Mm-hmm. I guess that's an adventure, but it's also like <laughs> there's something <laughs> profoundly sad about it. Um, all right, but it's uh, the 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 Cardi for most accurate Zelda subtitle goes to The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Ah, uh, congratulations! Congratulations, Ocarina, Ocarina of, of Time. Time! Finally, you're winning something. Finally, normally so so frequently overlooked. Um, all right, uh, our our next category is best Waddle D in a supporting role. So I have um three nominees for this one I as well. I also have three nominees for this one. So my first, should we go back and forth? How no, do you want to l- do that? L- let's go back and forth, but I just, I just, I wanted to uh, just say where, where I was coming from on this. Uh, I was just picking Waddle Dee's from the most recent Kirby game. Oh, okay. I did not do that, but I do have one from the most recent okay, Kirby awesome, game. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, in the most recent Kirby game, 
Uh, this is my first nominee. Um, in the Waddle Dee town, there is one Waddle Dee who is sitting by the pond. He's sitting on a bench and he has a soda next to him. He has fallen asleep. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, you can drink his soda. Like you can suck it up into your mouth <laughs> and he doesn't mind. That's adorable. A lot of these are adorable. Yeah, they're Waddle Dees. Um, my first one is also from Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and it's the commentator okay. Waddle Dee. <laughs> this was one of my nominees. Who's as well. at the Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. He has like these big blue, like thick glasses. They're like Harry Carey glasses. Uh huh. Yeah. And then uh, a huge, Just enormous yellow, yellow bow tie. <laughs> And he's commentating, you know, during, like, the battles and all of that kind of stuff in the Coliseum. Uh, love this little dude. Well, and so he's, like, sitting at a booth, like, at the entrance of the Coliseum. Um, but it seems as though he is doing his commentating from that booth. Uh-huh. Because there's also a big microphone in front of yes. him. Like, one of those, like, wrestling or, uh, like, boxing microphones that, like, comes down from the ceiling. Um, yeah, he's he's the complete package. I think that the commentator, Waddle Dee, is, like, almost a perfect Waddle Dee. It's so good. He's very adorable. And yet we have more to nominate. We have more to nominate. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, my second nominee is the Sailor Waddle Dee from Kirby Superstar. Okay. So, uh, why do I like this one? Well, wears an adorable white little sailor hat that has a beautiful blue ribbon. Mm -hmm. And he... Classic sailor hat. <laughs> I mean, that's actually... That's it. So he serves under uh, like Meta Knight on the 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 halberd, mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't get a lot of characterization. I don't even know if he, uh, this Waddle D has a name in uh, at least the Ninte uh, Super Nintendo version of Kirby Superstar. But uh, I mean, put a Waddle D in a sailor hat. No, it's it's a winning formula. Table for one, please. That's right. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Table for one. Table for two. You want to take him out? Oh right? yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> just eating alone. Yep. No, thinking you're right. about the Waddle Dee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, my, my third nominee, because my second was the commentator Waddle Dee as well. Um, my third is the cafe manager Waddle Dee in uh, the Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, he's wearing like a little paper hat because uh, he works at like a little restaurant. Also, this guy, he's a job creator. You can get a job from him working at the cafe yourself. I went back and forth between like, do I like the worker at the, because there's the cafe worker and there's the cafe manager. I went with the cafe manager um, because he can get you a job. The cafe worker, he can sell you stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick, big proponent of Kirbyan trickle down economics no come stop it <laughs> <laughs> no it's a great pick they're all working together he's wearing a cute blue hat oh my gosh again you put a, a hat on a put waddle a d yes i'm there table for three that's the, well, all right so we're both taking him out <laughs> and then uh my third nomination is the bandana waddle d from rainbow curse this one oh that's it that is, that is a great pull mark and so the reason i chose this one is not because i find it adorable because I like I like a bandana Waddle Dee, but sure. you know you put him next to other hats, and the bandana is not going to win. But right. what I like about this Waddle Dee is that Rainbow Curse is the um, the Wii U like Kirby game where you don't control Kirby directly; you're drawing on the gamepad uh, this like ribbon or like rope that Kirby is like following, and you can like yes. push and prod him along. A novel but frequently limiting and frustrating concept. Yeah, and we we. Uh, Played some of it and talked about it as part of our weird Kirby games in Kirby Month from March of this year. But uh, the reason I chose the Bandana Waddle Dee from Rainbow 
Curse is because you can play in co-op in Rainbow Curse and one person has the game pad and is controlling, you know, like Kirby and drawing on the pad. Then the other, uh, I think multiple people can play, but uh, the other people are just playing as bandana waddle Dees, and you don't really, you have a, like a It's just sphere. like regular play. Like, yeah. yeah. You just, you, and so it is, in my experience, like really crazy to control Kirby with like the the rainbow string but also like challenging to be Waddle D when a lot of the levels are designed for Kirby right you really have to work together with the first player who has the uh the gamepad controller in their hand yeah so it just feels like uh, this bandana Waddle D is like a real like workman yes. you know like really uh doing get in there in the dirt and also just is part of something so like innovative and fun and cool uh all right, so our, our nominees are uh, the, the Waddle Dee Sleeping by the Pond, the Cafe Manager Waddle Dee, the Commentator Waddle Dee, the Sailor Waddle Dee, and the Bandana Waddle Dee from um, uh, Canvas Curse. Rainbow Curse. Rainbow Curse, sorry. Yep. Um, what are you thinking here, Mark? So uh, my mind immediately goes to the Commentator Waddle Dee because we there's both overlap there, but you brought ones to the table that I hadn't thought about like the cafe creator and like that sort of stuff. He's a cafe manager. He's oh a yeah. I'm creator. sorry. I'm sorry. Of course. <laughs> uh, but you also brought things to the table that I was not thinking of. And I think the bandana waddle D I think that's the right choice. It's, yes. I, I not as cute. Yeah, as I know. And that, that's the only reason I kind of like right. sucked in air through my teeth. That's the only reason <laughs> he's a very deserving uh, winner. Well, and I but, think, I think also that he should win uh, so that we can avoid any appearance of like malpractice on our award granting uh, body here. You're right. Because in reality, you and I just want to go on dates with the rest no, of the No, this is absolutely true. The, I mean, it's absolutely true. Do I want to smooch him? I do want to smooch him. You do want to smooch him. You do want to smooch him. Uh, yeah. Okay, but the award is going to the bandana waddle D. Because, because he's, they it's earned, earned it. It's earned. It's earned. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. for sure. Um, all right, uh, great. Uh, Mark, would you like to introduce our next category? Yes, our third category in this year's Cardies is Best Nintendo Game with a three in the title. Fitting that that would be our third category. And a, an absolute coincidence. Uh, Mark, I cheated on this one. Did you cheat on this one? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. I guess we'll find out. Here's So here's why we're doing this category. This year was a big year for threes. Splatoon 3, Bayonetta 3, there's another Xenoblade, one, Xenoblade Chronicles, Chronicles 3. Um, uh, but the, Nintendo has a long history of having games with the number three in the title. Uh, let's go back and forth. I will go first. Um, I recently decided this is in my top five video games of all time. Super Mario 3D World. Patrick, yes, this Mark. was also one of my nominees. Yeah, so we both cheated. Here, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but why? How is that cheating? It's uh, Well, actually, I hope it's not cheating because my second nominee... <laughs> Is Ocarina of Time 3D. Oh, yeah. What a great pull. Like, a great version yep. of one of the best games of all time. Yeah. I I, I think I think that's perfect. Uh, my next is Star Fox 3D. No, it's not. <laughs> Star Fox 64 3D. But no, no, no. This is another one where I am cheating. Okay. <laughs> but, because it's not a game that's developed by Nintendo. But, it is only on a Nintendo platform that there is a 3 in the title of this game. I'm referring, of course... To Final Fantasy VI slash Final Fantasy III. Oh. Uh, a game on the Super NES that I uh, adore. 
has uh, every time I revisit, I find something new to love about it. The characters are very well developed. Uh, and the only time that you can call it Final Fantasy III is when it was released on the Super NES in the States. I'll allow it. Thank you. I like it. Um, My my last one, I, you know, I thought about, I it's Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. And it's weird to say, like, I thought about it a lot, but I did. I wasn't sure, like, should it go on this list? Um, you have Super Mario 3D World on there. Do I love Mario 3 because it's like, because it holds up and stands the test of time? Or do I love Mario 3 because it's, you know, one that I played when I was like a little kid? And I think it might be a little bit of both, but I just felt like it needed to go on here if we're talking about great Nintendo games with three in the title. It is truly a, a great game, right? Like there, there's, there's no denying that. Um, I think it does hold up. Um, I think it is, you know, dwarfed by a lot of other uh, Mario games, um, but it is, you know, a, a Stone Cold classic. It can't not be on here. Um, my final nominee uh, for best Nintendo game with a three in the title is Splatoon 3, uh, which does, of course, have some recency bias here. Um, but uh, what a what a fun. Mostly, I just want to support the Splatoon franchise. Do you know what I mean? I do. I um, totally. I totally get it, uh, and I, I love the the direction that they're going uh, as they make sequels of this, and uh, I I hope they can just like keep putting out games in this franchise. Well, speaking of which, um, this is one that I don't know that I believe in, but I'm going to nominate it. Okay, and that's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, I don't know that it's the best Nintendo game with a three in it. Sure. But I really loved my time with Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, I, I don't know how I missed that. I should have nominated that. It, and it's not like... Um, I'm withdrawing my nomination for, <laughs> for Splatoon 3. I tell, Wow, so much for wanting to support uh, the Splatoon franchise. I, um, you know, ha- did not really have any a ton of interest in Fire Emblem beforehand, but uh, so much of Fire Emblem Three Houses, like the the monastery part of it, you know, where like you're doing like the school and the character interactions and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It all just kind of like came together for me and it made me uh, excited about the Fire Emblem franchise in a way that I never was before. And so, uh, you know, is it one of the best Nintendo games of all times with the three in the title? I mean, maybe, maybe How many I, are there. I think it's, I think it's worth being nominated. Okay. So the, the nominees in total are, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Splatoon 3's nomination has been revoked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it can still be in here. It's been we revoked. It has it. been revoked. Wow, it's not even nominated <laughs> anymore. Price Waterhouse Cooper has thrown it out. Um, Final Fantasy 3, uh, Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers 3D. 3. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3D World mm-hmm. and Ocarina of Time 3D. Okay. Uh, who do you think is the. So, again. We, we gotta talk about Super Mario 3D World. We both nominated it. Um, is that our answer? Because we both selected it. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I think it might be. Again, I believe this game is now in my top five of all time. Um, it, I've I've played through it to completion twice each time it was released. One of the things that I think is really cool about Super Mario 3D World, uh, and is v- very unique in, um, like. Well, first of all, 3D World is just like a new, unique Mario experience yeah. in general. It's 3D Land Erasure, but yeah. <laughs> and then you add like the multiplayer yes. element of it. And Which is a game changer. Like, it is. I, I, I was mostly joking around about 3D Land Erasure, but like it, it totally does have the same relationship from like Super Mario Land to Super Mario World. Like 
the world version of it is just so much better. And then you add Bowser's Fury to it in yeah. like the Switch version. And um, yeah, I, I, I think I feel good about going with Super Mario 3D World. All right, let's give it to Super Mario 3D World, the best Nintendo game with a three in the title. From Nintendo Cartridge Society, please welcome Patrick Ellers and Mark Mitchell. Music has been called the universal language. And our guests tonight speak it with the grace and poise of a dowager countess. Separately, our guests tonight are mere idols. But together, they're deep deep cuts. Man, it's always great to see Deep Cut perform live. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, uh, Mark, let, let's move on to our, our next category. Um, the most reassuring thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer. Trailers, I guess. Trailers, we've, yeah. We've, we've seen multiple now. Um, the most reassuring thing that we've seen about the Super Mario uh, Brothers movie trailers. I mean, we talked a lot about how nervous we were right. before these trailers were released. Restless Nights. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, w- I I feel as though uh, I I can't be hurt anymore, right? Like thing things that I love put out bad entries in in franchises uh, all, all the time, right? It's I've been inoculated against this since 1999 mm-hmm. with the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I I feel like no matter how bad it is, I would get over it, right? But there are some thing this we breathe we breathe sighs of relief when we watch these trailers. Uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, Mark, my first nominee for most reassuring thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer, Charlie Day. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Charlie Day, and it's it's almost one that I I I, I doubt myself about. Um, because I love Charlie Day on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think he is. They're they're all great on that show. Uh, but he brings a, a unique kind of energy where it's just like, oh, who even knew that that was part of like his comedic sensibility? It's just like, it, like it's it's something that comes out of it's either natural or it is. Uh, he's uh, such a gifted like performer that like he's found such a clear character game, um, and he's so funny as that character. I don't always actually end up loving him in other stuff, um, like. I remember thinking the same thing about like horrible bosses or um, uh, like in Pacific Rim. Right. Uh, that I'd be like, oh, I, I love Charlie Day. The Charlie Day parts of this are going to be great. And they're not always. Um, but he seems to be killing it as Luigi. So Charlie Day is my first nominee. No, I think that's a great one. It's funny you say horrible bosses because I feel the same way about like Jason Bateman. Yes. Where I really liked him in Arrested Development. Yes. And then you see him elsewhere. And I don't really like him that much that yeah. often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you need to be surrounded by worse people. To <laughs> yeah, find you yeah. yeah. But I feel like um, Charlie. I I totally know what you're saying about Charlie Day, and I think the fact that it is like voice work. Yes. And so it'll be like Charlie Day performing Luigi, um, which he totally sounds to be doing too. Exactly. Yeah. So like I I I do think that that's really good. Uh, my first nomination is also voice acting related, and it is uh, Jack Black as Bowser. We can never let him down. <laughs> I think he sounds 
really good as Bowser. I think so too. And like it was one of the things that, you know, when there was voice casting, we were certainly not fans of, you know, like uh some of the casting of it. But like Jack Black, I think we always felt like pretty good about and then seeing the trailers you're like oh yeah this is gonna this is gonna turn out fine yeah well and jack black is one of those performers where it's like you know he like works well uh in like kid property like he works well with kids kids respond to jack black he's poe the panda he's uh um uh, school of rock right um but he's also just like so like subversive and funny and genuinely punk rock that it's just like yeah yeah jack black yeah um all right my second uh, nominee is Peach in her fire flower dress. That was so good. In that second trailer? Yeah. In the second trailer, she touches the fire flower and you know, you're like, okay, power-ups, whatever. Mara's going to wear its Nuki suit. Fine. All of that is uh, whatever. There's another level of like just in the weeds of the, the princess can uh, touch the fire flower and the colors of her dress change so she can throw fireballs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just dope. It's a fun little detail, and I, I like how current it is to Nintendo mythology. I I really like that as well. My second nominee for the most reassuring thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailers is that the Toads sound purposefully annoying. Yes. And that is reassuring to me, that they're like, oh, okay, like, they get it. <laughs> toads are obnoxious. Kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, uh, and they should sound annoying, and that is what we want, because... You know, uh, toads could not sound like they sound in games. Right. And uh, you would not want that for a movie. But you, it, I feel like this was a great way of honoring how annoying toads are. Right. But they are still cute. Yes. Uh, which uh, it, I, I, I won't say that that's something that's reassuring to me, but I do like it. I like it as well. Uh, Mark, my final nomination is uh, I'm... I'm I'm nominating an absence of something in these trailers. I wonder if we have the third nomination, but please go on. No needle drops. Oh, okay. Um, it would have been very easy, and I've seen some fan re-edit trailers with like pop songs in them, uh, and that's a bad move. It's stupid. It makes it look like every crappy uh, Illumination animation movie. Uh, this is just Mario music. No needle drops. Oh, that is very good. Mine is also the absence of something, and that is... There's been nary a fart. Nary a fart. In any of these trailers. Now, if there is a fart joke in the movie, I might be okay with that. I, if there's one. I, I'm willing to see it in context. Right. Um, also, I don't know that there's no farting. Like, I, that might be one of the Toads, like, acting secrets, you know? Yeah. Because every character has a story. Sure. Right. And not every fart is uh, audible, uh-huh. certainly. Right. Um, so I have no deadly. proof. Yeah. But I appreciate that in the trailers so far, uh, there's been no farting. Um, six strong nominees here. Yeah, I think we might be feeling okay about this movie. I think we are. I think yeah. we're. I think uh, just generally over the course of time, we become more and more positive on it, which will make the inevitable fall so much worse. <laughs> uh, who do you think takes it, Mark? Um. So. Can I tell you where, where my heart is leaning yeah, right now please. is Jack Black. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. I think they're all strong. I think uh, Charlie Day's Luigi, a Actually, great can, pick. Can I make a pitch against Jack Black? Oh, please. Um, Not against Jack Black the man, because, again, we've got to support him. Uh-huh. We've got to have his back. We can never fail him. Um, Is that... That's actually not one of the reassuring things about the trailer. That was one of the reassuring things about the casting announcement. Mm. Uh. That's true, because when like I like when we saw the performance in the trailer, 
it was it was good. confirmation it was confirmation but you're, but you're right i didn't like breathe a sigh of relief right like i did with some of the other stuff right right yeah right. and i would i would feel i feel that way i mean honestly for me i think it comes down to the absence of things would be the ones that i was really like yeah kind of like just clenched waiting for <laughs> yep. do you know what i mean right because there were so many moments when a fart could have happened yeah or that a needle drop you know could have ruined everything uh-huh um all right well so it's gonna go to either absence of fart or absence of pop music uh-huh. uh mark where do you think it should go i think because uh this is a a wholesome show and we've said the word fart too many times Frankly, I, I think, I it think should we're going to get that explicit label on this episode. <laughs> I think it should go to uh, uh, No Needle Drops. No Needle Drop is the uh, winner of the most reassuring thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailers. Um, uh, Mark, I will introduce the next, um, the, the next category, um, which has uh, been suggested by a listener. Thank you, Xander. Um, the best non-Ganon villain... In a Zelda game. This is good. Last year, uh, you may remember that last year we gave an award for best Ganon in mm-hmm. a Zelda game. That's right. Uh, turns out there are a lot of Ganons. Um, turns out there's also a lot of non-Ganon characters, too. Yeah, so I only came in with two nominees. Okay. Um, because uh, I, ha- I, I I thought of one, and then I thought of a second one, and I was like, I don't know how you beat the second one. Um so I'd like to I'd like to hear your uh, I'd like to hear your your first one first. Okay, I have three, mm-hmm. and um, my first one is not Ganon. It is Demise from Skyward Sword. And, Demise is great, and the uh, the design of like the final form of you know like Demise at the end of the game is very reminiscent of Ganon. Has like f- literally like fiery orange hair and everything like that. Well, and like he's a like progenitor of the same evil energy that Ganon. Yes. that will become Ganon. I think one of the like I really enjoyed the story of Skyward Sword, and one of the things I really I thought was very cool was kind of not uh, was kind of like seen the beginning of the Zelda franchise and like seeing demise. But I also thought it was really, uh, it really hit me at the end of Skyward Sword when you defeat in air quotes, like demise. And he's like, I'll be back. Like, you don't get it. Like I don't go yeah. away. Yeah, that's I'm right. going to basically like haunt this place for like generations until I finally succeed. Yeah. And then every Zelda game basically after that is, is that, is yes. that. Um, and I, I, uh, really liked that. And so I, I thought demise was a very, uh, you know, the downside to it all is that you only see demise at the very, very end of the game. Right. And he doesn't, isn't really motivated beyond like, you know, cause terror in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But so my first uh, pick was demise. My first pick from The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes is Lady Maud. Um, so this is, you know, uh, Triforce Heroes, a game built around uh, uh, wearing different costumes and fashion uh, and what the, the fashion does for your abilities as you're going into these multiplayer Zelda arenas. Um, and Lady Maud is like the sister or uh, former partner of Madame Couture. Um, and uh, you know she, uh, you you you're collecting her 
um, uh, her like the pieces of her outfit like as, as your uh, adventure throughout the game. She's the one who has cursed um, the princess to only wear drab clothes. Um, she's got just too much of a, a renegade style that she couldn't even be accepted um, in, in a village that uh, is all about fashion. Uh, so I liked her as a little bit of like a... Um, a Miranda Priestley, uh, uh-huh. a little bit of a um, Cruella, Emma Stone Cruella uh, like thing going on, um, and I just like the specificity of of that villain. That's a great pull. I I like that one a lot. Uh, my next pick is Majora from Majora's Mask. I don't like. I think that's just what we colloquially colloquially call the like the spirit that possesses the mask is Majora. Um, the thing that I like about Majora is that it is such an agent of chaos. Like it is seems to like cause insanity in people. Yes. It itself seems to be insane. You know, like uh, it's almost like the Joker of it is a little bit like the Joker of uh, the Zelda universe. We should ask how it got those scars. <laughs> uh, so this so this is kind of my second nominee is uh, Majora. As it as it is represented by the mask on Skullkin, mm, mm-hmm. um, because there you know that that is kind of two characters rolled up into one, but it makes the Skull Kids thing so much more tragic, right? Because the Skull Kid is like a an imp of the forest, right? Who like sort of lives a consequence free life until it encounters the most evil object in existence. Um, it's sort of its own like Lord of the Rings drama rolled into like one thing that is the villain. Um, so yeah, I it's that, and that, that's where I stopped where I was like, Oh yeah, I don't actually, I can't actually think of a better villain than Majora's mask on the skull kid. It is very, very good. Yeah. Um, and one of like the rare Zelda instances where it's like Majora all the way through. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is the big bad. There's no, like, reveal. There's no turn. There's no, like, surprise. It throws the moon out of town. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. The, uh, I, I do have a third pitch um, or a third nominee. Um, I don't know that it beats out these other ones, but Girahim. But it's, a, it's an honor just to be nominated. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I, I hope Girahim remembers that. But Girahim from A Link to the Past, one of the things that I like about Girahim is Girahim from Skyward Sword. Or Ag- uh, Ag- oh, Aganim. Sorry, yeah. I had it written down wrong. But yeah, Aganim from Link to the Past. Yeah. And one of the things I like about it is um, I feel like uh, Aganim like, gets the job done. Yeah, he does. One of the rare villains who's he just like... He opens the portal to the Dark World. Uh-huh, yeah. It's just like, well, that's what I came here to do, you know? Uh, and gets killed in the process, too. Like, as you're beating him, he's like, well, you may have beaten me, but I also already accomplished what I set out <laughs> exactly, to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, so congratulations, you're a murderer, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, but we uh, we think here that the, the award is going to go to uh, Majora. Yeah, I feel like, you know, of the non... Ganon villains, Majora looms large. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So best non-Ganon villain in a Zelda game goes to Majora, the mask on the Skull Kid's face. Uh, Mark, our next award is Outstanding Performance by Hair on a Nintendo Character. And so many Nintendo characters with great hair. Just absolutely phenomenal hair. Um, sometimes the hair is like an integral part of what you're doing in a game. Sometimes it's just great hair. Yeah, you know, one I wanted to nominate, but just couldn't justify with its, you know, like 
post Nintendo exclusive existence was Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil Four. <laughs> I really wanted to. Yeah, that's great. Because that's some pretty great hair. It's great hair. I feel like his hair is better in the uh, in Resident Evil Two. I respect your opinion, but I strongly disagree. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's your first nominee? My first nominee is Dixie Kong. Dixie Kong has hair <laughs> where, that gets it done. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> the hair is useful, though. You're, the hair you're right. is incredibly yes. useful. Yes. Uh, you can use it to pick up barrels, mm-hmm. and it's like prehensile hair. Right. You can use it to pick up barrels and throw things. You use it as like a helicopter to slow down your fall. You can use it to grapple. Like and uh, not just ha- slow down your fall, but like kind of like oh yeah, give you a little up. like yeah. up. Yeah, I mean the hair does it all on Dixie Kong. Um, that's funny. There there was a while where I was like that hair's got to be a wig, um, <laughs> because like because she, she's got fur and she her does fur, have fur. Her fur is not blonde. Yeah. So like, what's happening? There? It's better not to look at it, and I literally mean look at it too closely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's pretty hideous. It's it's, it's like a genuinely upsetting. But the the fun the gameplay functionality is turning my heart a little bit. Um. So good nominee. Uh, the next nomination uh, here goes to Bayonetta. Oh yeah, the uh-huh. Umbra Witch herself. I mean, the 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 hair is her outfit, is her weapon, is how she like channels the power of angels and demons. Like, uh, how how do you say no to Bayonetta's hair? Yeah, no, that's a, a one of my nominees as well. I oh, very good. Have an, an, another nominee, and that's Rusty from Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. And are you nominating his hair or his toupee? I'm nominating. Yeah, good question. I'm nominating the three little strands of hair that he has on the top of his head as a comb over because I think it does such a great job of visually sure. telling you wh- who Rusty is and what his situation is in life. Like you know, he's uh, middle aged. Ba- he's a balding dog with three little Think hairs. Think about that. Yeah. And like, so it really, it's just like you see Rust in your, it just paints a picture. Yeah, it does. Uh, are we including in this his out of control nose hairs? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am. I am counting that. All right, good. Uh, Mark, I, I have two more nominees. Okay. Um, my next nominee is from WarioWare Get It Together, the statue whose armpits you have to tweeze. Uh, the This is just like a posing statue with like four giant armpit hairs just like sticking out. You got to you gotta pluck them on out. They're very impressive, you gotta, but you got to pull them out real fast. Um, and then my final nominee, Claude Von Regan from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, so This is the leader hair. of the Golden Lions. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that it's just uh or golden deer golden deer sorry um that uh he's he's got like a great like a full like big tall head of hair and then like a nice like braid that comes down the front it's like it's like a good version of the uh padawan, padawan braid yep yep, uh-huh. yep. No, thank you for being there with me on yeah a hundred percent and those hideous rat tails do not belong <laughs> on any head of hair but this gorgeous braid and there's like a ribbon like a gold ribbon that runs through it like it's just Claude is a free spirit and such a babe, and the hair is so much of that. Table for four, am I right? <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Um, all good nominees. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> all good nominees, um, but only one of them can can walk away a winner here. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, let's start where we have started on multiple occasions when we've nominated the same uh the the, the same nominee, Bayonetta. I think Bayonetta's Bayonetta's very good um and probably should take it this is probably showing just my like general um 
indifference to Bayonetta as like a franchise. Sure. Uh, when you're like, oh, Claude, right? Like you bring up Claude and I'm like, should Claude win? But it's not, uh, we might have a Waddle D problem here where um, right. we should probably award the most uh, deserving. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I see what you're saying. And not just who we are most smitten with. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so then Dixie Kong gets it? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can see the argument for Dixie Kong. Dixie Kong and uh, uh, Bayonetta. I feel like I think we got to give it to Bayonetta. Okay. Um. I mean, there's just hair's the, her whole deal. The hair is her whole deal. So, like, what 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 else are you gonna do? Bayonetta, the winner of outstanding performance by hair on a Nintendo character, and the, you know, really the fact that it is a performance that we're grading here and not just existence. A good point. Uh, that's that's it, it is a point for for sure. Next, we are awarding the Slippy B. DeFrog Award for outstanding contributions to the world of obnoxious characters. Previous winners include The Dog from Duck Hunt and Funky Kong from Donkey Kong Country, and, la- and uh, two years ago's winner, Navi from the Ocarina of Time. Last year, we honored Dr. Kamuda from Famicom Detective Club. This year, we are honoring uh, an obnoxious character who is out of the spotlight for over two decades and has returned to us now in Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Please congratulate with me, Lego Jar Jar Binks. It's about time he was recognized, don't I, you think, Mark? I, I do. I a uh, deserving winner. Uh all right, which means we are down to our final category for the evening. I can't believe uh, another another year coming to a close, another another Cardi's wrapped up, Mark. Unbelievable. The final award goes uh, is the the final category is most baffling nintendo moment of 2022 now i have just one nominee wow for this category i have four. Oh, i am so excited to hear why don't you start uh no i want to i want to hear your one okay it's possible that one of my four is, is oh your sure one. okay yeah my nominee is shigeru miyamoto <laughs> appearing in the september direct to talk about pikmin bloom a mobile game that had been out for almost a year at that point. Yes. And not just to talk about it, but just to show us <laughs> how he's done in it. This is one of my nominations as well. To really, like, promote it. And, yeah, there were some other weird parts where he's like, and I have a t-shirt. Yeah. And then later they're like, you can buy this t-shirt, but not in the moment. In the moment, you're just like, huh. Huh. But Miyamoto's wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> but truly... The Pikmin Bloom part was just was just so weird, and it, like he's showing us like the walks that he's been on. He's like, "Oh yeah, look, I was uh, this is my normal walk." And it's like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> is it like are we fulfilling some sort of like yeah, contractual, contractual obligation yeah. here? Did you because you were going to announce Pikmin Four with just like a screenshot? It felt you felt like you needed more Pikmin things to talk about." I, I mean, really, just like show up and say like we put out Pikmin Bloom, Pikmin Three was a, a a big success for us. We're doing Pikmin Four. It's still coming. It's still happening. We'd be so we'd be into it. But instead, it's like five minutes of like looking at Miyamoto's phone. Yeah, which don't get me wrong, I loved. <laughs> I loved how like baffling it was. It was like, is this going anywhere? Oh no, it's not. No, it's We're just, just gonna talk just about baffling. Pikmin Bloom. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my nominee. That's that's the sole nomination from Mark Mitchell. I also nominate it. Um, but Mark, here are my other here are the other nominees. Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp never coming out. Oh yeah, and the way they did, it, <laughs> where it's just like uh, because of 
world events. Well, and that was last year that it was delayed for for world events. No, it was wasn't it due out in December? It was due out in December, but that's but they delayed it in December just to give it more time. And then the and then it was supposed to come out in like March, and then oh, Russia invaded right, Ukraine right, right. at the beginning of this year. Right, right, right. Okay, so the the first delay was like a regular delay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I think the decision to like wait until that was out of the news like kind of makes sense. Like I, I I get that it was really unfortunate timing. The original Advance Wars came out like the week of nine eleven. So like I don't know. Uh, it was, there's no we live in a bad world with war. <laughs> uh, if you're gonna make a war game, it's gonna echo something that's happening in the real world. Um. But the, the game just, like, never came out, and they never, like, addressed it. Uh, yeah. Baffling. Uh, my next uh, nomination is the lack of a mainline Nintendo Direct in June mm. around, uh, you know, the, the space normally occupied by E3. Um, we did get a partner showcase, which had some heavy hitters in it, including, and get this, I sort of forgot about this, Monster Hunter Rise Daybreak, Mega Man Battle Network Collection, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Sonic Frontiers, Persona 5, 4, and 3, but no first-party stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a partner showcase, and they, it really just seemed like the pieces that would have been in that regular like E3 Nintendo Direct, Right, just the third-party stuff just excised, given its own presentation, and then Nintendo just kind of uh, hanging out till September. Right. Well, and th- there was a, I, I believe there was a Splatoon 3 Direct and a Xenoblade uh, Direct around this time as well, um, which, like... Yeah, I guess those probably would have filled those spaces and we would have been a little bit like, no, that's not really new information or like some of it kind of is. But like, yeah, it was just it was weird that they that it just wasn't what we were expecting. Right. Uh, a, a full a full first party Nintendo Direct um, over the summer it just didn't happen. Uh, and then my final most baffling moment, most baffling Nintendo moment for 2022 uh, everything around the release and attempt to sell Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Special Edition on Nintendo's website. Mm. Uh, so if you'll recall, uh, Splatoon 3 was kicked out of the summer and into the fall, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was pulled out of the fall and into the summer. The game was done enough that they were comfortable uh, setting an earlier release date for it. Um, so first of all, that baffling what a weird choice um but made further weird by the fact that they had this uh special collector's edition um and they sold it exclusively on nintendo's website nintendo.com um and hey guess what website isn't set up to uh deal with a bunch of being rushed with a bunch of orders all at one time it's nintendo's website and it's like every time every time Every time. Like uh, clockwork. Yeah, yes, exactly. So people were expecting it to be a mess and mark it was. Um but and you and I speculated at the time that like uh, probably part of the reason that they were selling it all through uh, the Nintendo website is that not all of the materials were going to be ready for it right away um, because they were being developed and produced on the same timeline. That's right. For the, I forgot about that. For the that. fall release, but they were releasing the game in the summer. So like you can't ask Walmart to be like, oh, they get everything but the book. They'll get the book later. Nintendo can be like, eh, whatever. We'll we'll eat that inconvenience um, just to, to get this thing out there. But then like it's like it's why you have retail partners is so that you don't have to manage like a huge influx of orders um and then nintendo was like well i don't know we made our bed here and so we're just <laughs> we're just the website's just gonna crash i totally forgot about that part where they were they were shipping items later because they were expecting them uh to be ready for the fall yeah man 
that, that, that's like this. The reason I think this is such a notable, uh, baffling Nintendo moment is that it is several baffling Nintendo moments all at once, right? Of like, no, the game's actually coming out like two months earlier, and we're gonna sell it by ourselves, and we don't know how to do that, and a piece of it will come out later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, once again, we have one nominee that crosses uh, between both of us. Right. And and maybe the most like genuinely baffling, like if, if that is what we are uh, j- judging it by. That's true. Some of these other ones probably have like explanations that... Uh, but that know- explanation I just gave was baffling. <laughs> but like the, the Pikmin Bloom thing, it's like other than supposing that <laughs> it's, you know, like... Uh, a contractual obligation, or Miyamoto just really wanted to talk about Pikmin Bloom. I think that's and what, what it and must what, be. What and, it is, and you're just like, <laughs> how do you say no to what Miyamoto wants to do in a Nintendo Direct? Yeah. Um, that yeah, uh, the, uh, a moment I will cherish in my heart always. I mean, he must just have like carte blanche when it comes to uh, Nintendo Direct, right? You would think so, right? Yeah. If, like, if maybe they just check every time. Like, do, do you have anything you want to talk about? Right. Do you want to be on camera this uh-huh. time? And if, if he's like, yeah, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you just got you just got to do it. Uh-huh. I mean, in that way, this is a 70-year-old man, remember? He just had his birthday. <laughs> he can't say no to Grandpa Miyamoto. No. And maybe that's actually why we didn't get a direct in June. He was like, yes. And then... Uh, oh, and then told them what he wanted to do, and they were like, uh, "Oh, I guess we're not going to do one." Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's a partner showcase. <laughs> All right, so we we think that uh, Miyamoto showing us his his Pikmin Bloom, showing us his phone. That's that is wild, man. I think so. I think that is uh, the most baffling moment in Nintendo in 2022. Uh, Mark, what a uh, great year! What a great set of awards. Let's close this out. If we missed any baffling Nintendo moments or any other of the uh, categories that we, we left anything out, you can email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and let us know. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you uh, liked it, you should share it on stuff. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a uh, Discord, which you can join by either emailing us or hitting us up on Twitter and asking for an invitation. We will be happy to let you in anthony deluca made our uh logo and our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers saying thank you for listening <laughs>